You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Matt. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Rated S for spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, <laughs> leave, spoilers. Okay, all those right. Those of you who are still with us. So we are going chapter six through ten. Um, we got some good ones. Oh my gosh. So um, I'm not going to harp on the this. I'm just going to mention it. I have a theory about, we had mentioned in the previous spoiler episode about the epigraphs talking about how the very like first couple epigraphs talked about ruin preservation and the the synergy of harmony um being like oh that's literally how the era one ends and i made a theory that this last epigraph or the first epigraph in like chapter seven um was talking about he will be discord and he will he be shall defend their ways yet he shall violate them he will be the savior yet they will call him heretic his name shall be Discord, yet they will love him for it. His name shall be Capital D Discord. Mm-hmm. And I said that what if Harmony gets splintered or becomes Discord, you yeah. know, a new shard. And you can listen to my whole hissy fit in the other spoiler episode, so I'm not going to go into that now. And you can listen to me try to bring him back down to Earth. <laughs> I I literally just that, go that's, on and That's on. this planet? Yes, yeah, something like that. Uh, planet Dirt. Dirt. Um, so... We hear, you know, we get talking about Rashik. Um, we get the hints of the Terrace Men and Pharaoh Kimmy. Yeah, big time in this episode. We get, we get to see, or big time in these chapters, like we get to see like the interaction and the introduction of Sazed. And we keep getting hinted at that Sazed has incredible powers. And I love how well Brandon hinted at it because. A big thing here is Kelsier had like a little bit of a drop where he was just like, no man's going to fare well in a fight against an angry keeper. And then later on in this book, we get to see Sazed just like knock a Steel Inquisitor completely out. And I'm like, oh man, what a nice little like foreshadowing, like just drip right there. Um, Let's talk about the other big Cosmere implication on this. The really, really big one, especially right now as we're going into talking about the 11th medal in in the end of era two trell lost medal yeah or the lost medal uh trell gets mentioned trellogism i think it is for the first time and i believe it's been confirmed that yes this is somehow relevant to trell in era two um i'll take your word on that one there are some there are a few big things you know potential theories that go into here so he talks about the religion. He talks about how Trell was the you know god of a thousand eyes. I would keep eyes on people that they lived in where seasons would have, you know, days and days of daylight and then days and days of like night time, which makes sense for a northern you know sphere. Yeah, because um, that happens on Earth as well, where they're. Um, you know, in like Alaska, they'll have you know months where it's nighttime all the time. Um, and so they were talking about how the, you know, the 
jealous brother had the single eye who would come in and, and you know, get rid of all the thousand eyes. And that was just like the sun, essentially. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, and this is not my own theory, you know, it's something I thought about, but I'm not going to take credit for it, was that describes Taldane, too. In white interesting, sand. interesting. Because they have day side and they have night side, mm-hmm. um, and night side is you know basically a constant dusk where you can see stars all the time, and day side is just that one bright sun. Yep. Um, and some people have hinted that Trell could be autonomy, and autonomy mm-hmm. is basically the shard for Taldane, and this sounds very familiar, and. It's a possibility. I mean, this is the first time we hear about Trell. And something that I noticed when he mentioned the thousand eyes, which are the stars and everything, when um, Harmony is talking to Wax, okay? And again, this is a spoiler episode, get out. <laughs> but when he's talking to Wax after Wax dies, and he's showing him like the, the view of scadrial from space essentially and he shows him trail and you see he describes it as trail is just this blanket of red over the sky and it's just like admittedly we don't know that's i don't think he says it's trail he says it's something there's something and we assume it's trail because I, of, we are making the assumption it's trail like yeah. I, I i mean it could be proven not to be trail it'd be really weird not consistent with the way it's written but we say that's trail and you said there's blanket in red yeah, and it's blanketed in red, and I'm just curious. Like, it looked like it was blanketing the sky. So, like, again, this religion with the thousand eyes, is that where that came from? It's just like this overwhelming blanket of it. It's coming over Scadriel. And, again, we've seen that the detail, the small details can become big details later. And the things that you think are going to be dropped aren't dropped. Um, and I'm interested to see on the further readouts, like, how the other religions come out. Because, you know, Sazed used this and then, like in the in book three of Era One, he says he uses tragalism or trellism to figure out where to move Scadriel because of their star charts, because they they worship the stars. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was the last time I think they mentioned um, Trell until so, Era Two. I'm curious about that. Did maybe Sazed, Vin, everyone not see Trell or whatever Trell is because? Scadriel wasn't in the right location, and so when he moved it back, that's when that when ooh I didn't that's think about when that. that's yeah because if they worshipped it, what if that's how it could die it out because it was there they could see it or like I don't know like I'm not saying it as in just like the red blanket but Trell could be worshipped because it was in a certain place and once uh, Rashik moved it, Trell had no more influence. But then when Sazed was forced to move it back to restore balance. It put Scadriel back onto Trell's radar. That's a very, very interesting possibility. And I'm super stoked to see it because the thing is, is all of the Cosmere books, as far as I know, every single religion has all has been, how do I say this, right? Like they've had some idea of what's actually happening in the universe. Like they may have been off yeah. a little bit here and there. I mean, you would think like, I mean... Like, for example, let's go with later on, we get the survivor. Okay, yes, he is the survivor. Yes, he did come back to life as a Contra. Um, And, you know, yes, he did kind of lead to the death of the Lord Ruler. 
Brandon really latches on to like the the real life idea of like mythos comes from exaggerated from stories. Yeah, from it, it comes from something, and it eventually turns into something grand. But it, there's some truth in where it lies. And I mean, in era two, we hear about you know the Lord Ruler coming back. As far as we know, we don't know if any, how that could have been possible. We think it's probably well, Kelsier. The thing is, they refer to him as the Sovereign. The Sovereign, yeah. yeah. And so again, you think that it's these Kelsier. religions. Well, I'm saying <laughs> these religions come from something and this seemed to be like the breadcrumbs he drops. So I wonder, I'm, I'm trying to keep track of these religions as Saison starts bringing them up. And something, by the way, that's like, I want to say it's word of Brandon because I've never seen it anywhere in the books, but I read it somewhere that like the Lord Ruler, the, the Southern Scadrians, um, the, the people in Era 2 that they discover, the Lord Ruler just like did that as like, a control group basically yeah that's my understanding is that he was almost worried like he was worried that he was going to screw humanity up too much so he was like let me put some regular people over here and then i'll mess with these other ones because that's when the ska you know yeah, they are different yeah and they adapted to how hot everything was and then when everything was moved back which by the way big mess up says like when everything was moved back he didn't help them at all Did, yeah he made like this eden for everyone else and yeah, yeah so do you think he like made it and then looked on the back end and went oops yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm sure. Hopefully, we'll get some more insight for that. What's cool about that, though, is when Harmony is talking about how he helped them too much, he's probably looking at these Southern Scadrians and like, I didn't help them worth their crap. And look, they have flying ships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, that, and that's. I mean, later on, we hear about Odium. You know, he starts talking about like basically a war between worlds and how he's building up a military to be able to fight that. I mean, we've got we got some really interesting things coming down the pipeline, but we're getting way off track. <laughs> yeah, so let's go back to some more spoiler stuff in our chapters. Like, Chapter 7 had one that was kind of interesting to me. Let me pull it up here, make sure I'm talking about it right. Um, we have Reen's voice, where she once again mentions Reen's voice being stronger around Kelsier. Kelsier. Mm-hmm. And I have, I'm wondering about that, because it always says things along the lines of, like, you can't trust, you can't trust, you can't trust. But we know, based on the short story, The 11th Metal... Uh, and just in general, what is it, uh, secret history, that Ruin didn't have direct control over Kelsier, but he influenced basically everything he did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, is the voice, even though it's telling her not to trust and everything, is that voice there? Because trying, Ruin's trying to encourage her to work with Kelsier. Because his ultimate goal is to get rid of the Lord Ruler at this point, because the Lord Ruler is the one who knows what Ruin is. Mm, I'm... Mm, I don't know. It could just be that Ruin has in his mind to destroy relationships. I can't recall, if, and I might maybe when we bring up later, we'll be able to understand what his direct influence on Vin was pre Well of Ascension. Yeah, because it just seemed like he was just being kind of a dick. Because Ruin through Gimmel, that that's his name. I can't remember the the, uh, the other Scott Mistborn introduced. The eleventh medal, which was what 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 was it again? It was Malatium. Is that it? Yeah, it's gold and atium. It's yeah. an alloy of a of atium. Yeah, essentially, he where he, you can you can see in time the, for someone the, else. Yeah, the past, their past right. life, right? And he did that on purpose because he needed them to figure out that Rashik was a ferrochemist. And when that when Vin figured that out, that's how she was able to kill Rashik, because she was able to pull pull his armbands off, which mm-hmm. basically caused him to fade into nothing because he was compounding life essentially and so i'm just curious about that because it's like every time 
just talking, it would it would seem so weird, right? That if Ruin wanted wanted them to be able to defeat, like maybe maybe he was trying to pull Vin away because Vin could have changed Kelsier for the better, and so he was trying to keep Kelsier on the track, and then it just ended up being that Vin was the one to fulfill everything and not Kelsier. Maybe. I mean, I don't see Vi- Ri- uh, Ruin as being super clever. Um, I mean, he was pretty clever, though. He in, was. In the series. Like, he changed their writings and everything. He wasn't maybe as subtle. Yeah. But but he was clever, nonetheless. Um, well, I mean, you know, having the the perspective of essentially a god helps with that. Um, yeah, what was it? What was it? Says it with, like, the sick diss, where he's basically just like... We need to be scared of Odium because of the how, how like whoever's controlling the shard is what makes it dangerous. And he's just having the subtle diss on Ruin over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, because AT was described as apparently like really like a good, you know, conscious good man. Um, yeah, is he just like he got gave. corrupted? Yeah, he you just know, by Ruin. Um, the mist are your friend, then they hide you. They're your friend. Mm-hmm. You feel so good in the mist. Right. It's because preservation shows you from the beginning. Right, right, right. So, you know, her being this vessel with preservation. We also saw earlier, like when she used Alamancy, um, I think a few chapters ago, where she where the mist started playing around her um, when she used Alamancy. Okay. It's mentioned very briefly. It's like a quick one-liner, mm. and then it goes away. Well, Brandon's good at those quick one-liners. Um, one thing I don't, I can't recall is uh, the mist wraiths. Um, Kelsier alludes to the noblemen uh, have other use for the mist wraiths. I think it's just to keep the skull scared. <sighs> yeah, or none of them. I, I'm sure he's not talking about the Condra. No, so I mean, he's not because no one knows that the mist wraiths are Condras. That's a closely hidden secret that I think we find out in book two. Or, I think it's three because that's when we get to talk to Tun soon, or we get his view a lot more. But I don't think the uh, noblemen know that mist wraiths become Condras at all. My other my other theory is: at some point, do we find out that they feed corpses to mist wraiths to hide the bodies? I don't remember that if that's the case. That would make sense too, I guess, because like that, there's like that one movie where he feeds them to pigs or something. I don't know. No, that would make sense. It would, it would definitely make sense. But I think it's cool how even up to this point, it's like learning that mistwraiths were. I mean, it's it's kind of a sad thing to realize, but it's cool nonetheless that we learned that mistwraiths are the his the original Rashik's, Rashik's, yeah, yeah, his R- friends, Rashik's original friends. Um. Yeah, that's that's a tragic thing. We more tragedy in the Mistborn. This is one of those things that Brandon does really well, where he has really really horrific things, but he kind of like doesn't play on them very much. Then when you think about him, he just like, doesn't. Wow. Uh, I think some people would say he doesn't like romanticize them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just he says it matter of a fact. This is a terrible thing, and it's a matter of a fact. Yeah, and it's like this is horrifying, but I'm not gonna like focus on it. And you you can just think like, oh yeah, that in and of itself is pretty horrifying. Yeah, and I wonder if that's like a kind of like a philosophy on his part where it's just like you can't, especially for like, he wants to write these books, obviously, that younger audiences can see too. But, you know, and that's a time that is something that is just open discussion and way off our topic. But it's like, at what point, you know, do you want to tell younger people that these are horrific things that happen, but you don't want to like expose them to the terrible details of it completely? Yeah, know? yeah. And and that's one of those things I'm like, he, he this, these these books do take take on to pretty big, major, heavy topics. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't feel like it just because he doesn't focus on them. Like this, like this is not the point. Like this is bad things, but this is not the point. Let's move on. Um, the other things that came up here i thought was funny i never realized marsh was called iron eyes before 
Brandon Mar- era two. Brandon once again telling you exactly what's, <laughs> what's going to happen. happen. <laughs> and it's funny because he even says, "Oh well, we're not going to call him Iron Eyes because that associates him too much with the Seal Inquisitor." end of book one is knocking (laughs) Uh, and i know that that's really kind of funny and then i i I also missed this subplot when i first read it when he becomes still inquisitor so this is actually something i've been really trying to pay attention to oh yeah you missed his whole infiltration process yeah because i remember i remember it being like wow that's super convenient you one of your guys became one of the most powerful one of the most influential people that only a few people can ever be in the whole like system. I mean, it's basically like, Hey, um, I'm going to try to be this low level office worker and be like, you now lead the FBI. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so like, I'm going to be following this a little bit closer now. I mean, yeah, you know, and we'll talk about it more when we get there, but I was thrown off because I I really just thought Marsh was going to be there to die off. So Kelsier like snaps and that's kind of what Brandon plays at. Right. Like, we end up finding the scene of where he thinks Marsh died, but where in reality we learned it's the scene where Marsh was turned into a steel inquisitor. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, no, I love how Brenda is just like, I'm going to tell you how the book ends in the first epigraph here. I'm going to tell you exactly how this, the story ends for, for Marsh. And it's, I just remember in, uh, in era two, when they mentioned iron eyes, I was like, they must be talking about Marsh because he's probably the only Steel Inquisitor there. But I never even thought that that was his nickname. nickname yeah. You know, I didn't even remember that. Old Iron Eyes as death, apparently. Yeah. And so, again, just a funny little detail that it's, co- it's cool to remember now that you're like, oh, you're, I'm, I'm like that meme, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme, yeah. you know? Yeah, just point it, yeah. <laughs> and again, Brandon here, like, you know, giving himself a little bit of a nod, his own pat on the back with Vin being like, I guess, like, the water breaks down the ash here and all of us actually realizing the people who have read through and finished everything that was something rashik actually thought of everything breaks down the ash (laughs) yeah and i think that's That's why the plants are brown oh yeah the plants are brown and again i feel like a dingus because it yeah it eats them up the last the last episode i was like it was so subtle it wasn't played up on and he's like i am going to tell you that green things are weird again something that yeah as someone who would had aspired to be a writer at one point, um, you know, I would have dropped that and heavily hit that so early on so that you could imagine things early on. But he's just kind of like, I'm going to drop it here a little bit and I'm going to remind you about it. I'm going to drop it here a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, OK, there you go. So he definitely explicitly pointed out like green plants are weird. Aspen trees. I did look it up like they are. They, they are the way they are. Um, I thought found it interesting that they have aspens and that noblemen that use those as decoration, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something about aspens that are like specifically like biologically set up that might make them, you know, more prone to survive in something like this, but just a little interesting detail. Well, yeah. And according to what we learn later through, um, says it as harmony is like rashik like basically changed the biology of all plants to survive and break down the ash yeah yeah, so. yeah. i just thought it was funny that the aspens were what they brought up maybe i'll yeah. maybe we'll pay attention to that and see if it becomes more relevant sometime later um but yeah it's just super interesting to kind of catch these like little things that you know become big things later and re- be reminded of like okay yes i do not do good you know clearly listening at 1.7 speed will make me miss some things and kind of blow by other things you know what i'm curious about Hmm. 
when Vin's fighting Kelsier, do we know if she's wearing her earring? Because she's not wearing her earring, right? So my understanding, or it sounds like, she's constantly wearing her earring. And there's a, here's a, here's my reason why. Because in the previous chapters, we talked about how she had only a few possessions that she actually mm-hmm. like carried with her all the time. This earring... Um, and like some pebbles and just like some other stuff. So this earring is like basically the only thing she's actually carrying with her. There's only like one thing, you know, that she's holding on. And the only way that she'd be able to make sure that it's safe, someone as paranoid as her, is to keep it on herself, essentially all the time. Yeah, the only reason I ask here is because um, we get the scene where she's fighting with Kelsier, and Kelsier's like, she's super duper strong, and obviously... That's meant to hint at the fact that she comes from a high praline, which means it's a very, it's a lot more pure bloodline, Mm -hmm. essentially, for Alamancy. But I'm wondering, you know, like at the end of book one, where he hints that she's able to use the mist to, for her Alamancy, right? And that's because she doesn't have her earring in at the book of, uh, the end of book one, and she's able to pull a little bit of preservation's power in. And that's how she's able to pull the bands with Lord Ruler. Is this one of those moments where, she like just fights so often with the earring in that she's limiting her power, and every time she ends up happening to fight without of it, with, without it, and we see her do something spectacular. Is that just something Brandon's doing for consistency for himself, or am I just like shooting in the dark here? You might be. You might be true. I mean, this is we obviously on the second read through, we're paying we're paying really close to the earring, very close attention. Um, yeah. My hint is that she says um, this voice has been louder since Kels- ever since Kelsey has been around, which is a red herring, I think, because I think the voice is again ruined. Yeah. Um, because I mean, she has an earring always, in. It's always ruined. Yeah. Um, and uh, that implies that she probably is wearing it all the time. Now they don't mention it. You know, like when she's cutting her hair, you would think that they might be like, "Oh, your this earring's kind of getting in the way" or whatever. Um, and she might be hesitant to take it out. I think it actually even mentions later in like secret history that there's one point where Ruin like starts implanting in her mind that she needs to keep the earring in because she gets like obsessed with holding onto it and keeping Mm -hmm. it in her ear. We're not at that point. So this is again at that point where I'm like, I think Ruin is just kind of being a ween, you know, and, and just trying to ruin her, ruin her life by being this way. Um, I don't think he actually has a plan for her yet. I think that happens later. Um, yeah, I think his when pl- preservation gives her all that power or whatever. So it's from the very beginning that preservation chose her. So we learned, we know that in secret history, preservation chose her since she was born, and Ruin knew it was her since she was born, and that's why he spiked her early. And but I think you're right. I don't think he has an active plan for her. He's more so just trying to make her isolated so, yeah and, so terrible essentially that she never aspires to be what she could be and when she has her hemolytic spike you know her whole thing is supposed to be that like she's an extra good seeker like she can pierce copper clouds mm-hmm. you know Which, and that's an awesome sudden drop i know that's like that's so cool um and so the steel pushing i think that's just supposed to allude to the fact that she is a pure misborn which pure line not pure misborn but she's a part of she a has pure, a pure yeah that's what i mean it's it's it, and it, it is explicitly stated um in the third book that um the early misborns were way more powerful and that's why ellen comes out and he's just becomes a beast overnight because he has the little rassium from the from the beginning yeah which by the way fun little fun thing a little off topic but something i learned myself um lorassium you know like i read somewhere that if it's made into a spike Lorassium can steal all abilities as a hemallergic spike. And so I'm just trying to think about that for 
era too. I wonder if Lorassium is like the is the the lost metal or is it like what is the lost which lost metal are we thinking about here? The impl- implication is that it's probably trell trellium because trellium is a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually the thing that Palm used. Harmon- Harmony has its own god metal, and that's what- which we think is at metal, maybe at metal. So no, no, well, no, the 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 metal that what is it the 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 Southern Scadrians use at to metal. Talk- yeah, yeah, at metal. Sorry, I thought you said that metal. I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. Oh, sorry, yeah. At metal, yeah, yeah, that is Harmony's metal, one hundred percent. Which makes sense because it explodes whenever it comes into liquid, just like sodium would. So mm-hmm. you can't ingest it. Which Harmony Harmony would probably be all about. My metal can't be used essentially, um, so you can't use it as a heliumetric spike because it would explode, and you can't use it um, as uh, a mistborn or or whatever or a misting. Um, so that makes some sense, but again bit more off topic you know we keep trying to go into other eras because we're 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 just inching our way through here but um yeah we're you know starting to get the 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 seeds sown for the things that are going to happen later in the books i thought that was super interesting and we'll keep trying to pay attention and keep an eye on that earring hey guys vod here thanks for listening to the antos podcast you'll start to see regularly scheduled episodes starting november 14th 2022 And if you'd really like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments, because that's what the algorithm craves. If you're listening on the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you want to really give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon, because I really need to better my account.